Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Manchester United returned to Premier League winning ways with home victory over Brentford. Relief. A very warm welcome to this bite-sized midweek episode of the Manchester United Weekly Podcast with Harry Robinson and Jack Tate. Thank you for joining us. I hope you're well. Jack, there's very little admin to do in midweek. We're just talking about the Brentford game and previewing Saturday lunchtime's game against Everton. So let's let's dive straight in. Your initial reaction to the Brentford game. Relief, the main overriding feeling? Yeah, definitely. After the game... Especially, I actually thought first half is one of our best performances of the season. That we really, really dominated the game massively in possession. You know, probably a level of control that we haven't really seen. Maybe since the Spurs game this season. I'm sure there's been one or two that I'm not remembering off the top of my head. But you know, real, real complete domination helped by the fact that I think it was a very surprisingly passive performance by Brentford. Yeah, but really good signs in the first half. In the second, you know we kind of faded as unfortunately I think you'll probably see quite a lot throughout the rest of the season given the number of games that we've played but held on probably should have got the second goal but overall a, a positive night and like you said definitely relieved coming out of it and, and holding on for the win yeah absolutely should have got the second goal I think Ten Hag uh, sat above the tunnel as usual and Ten Hag at half time looked furious he was kind of marching down and uh the look on his face wasn't that dissimilar at full time. It was less less intense, but not that dissimilar. And I think there was a definitely some frustration there, and and you could see it in the players as well. Actually, there were a couple of really good opportunities that uh, less less poor finishing, more poor execution of that final ball yeah. or wrong decision making at, at the very end, which uh, I think we could talk about. But the, the goal itself. You can tell it wasn't poor finishing because that from Rashford was absolutely clinical. And I think I underestimated it while watching live because it was from a corner. It was at the other end of the ground to me in front of K-Stand uh, rather than in front of the Stratford end. A rare game, which has been won at that end of, the, of Old Trafford <laughs> rather than the Stratford end this season. A genuinely very, very rare thing. And... Yeah, I think because of the other end of the ground, I underestimated it a little bit, but actually uh, a brilliant little ball in, a, a lovely cushioned header by Marcel Sabitzer and fantastic, powerful inside of the foot finish from Rashford. I've got to say, I think I underestimated both the finish and the, the assist by Sabitzer watching it live. I, I thought that the defender had, had won the header over Sabitzer and, and it had just kind of fallen to Rashford and he just poked it in, but watching it again... Really good awareness from Sabitzer running, you know, with his back to goal to just knock it down to Rashford. And then, yeah, great finish. He mentioned Rashford in his interview after the game that it, it was slightly instinctive, but it was also, he very much intended to kind of get some height on it 
because he's seeing how close in he was and that Raya was in an, a pretty good position to potentially make a save. He really kind of intentionally tried to put it into the roof of the net, which is, you know, the kind of thing that the top, top strikers are, are thinking about all the time and to have the control to, to do it and not yeah. put it over. It's the kind of thing uh, that will really never fail to amaze me that for <laughs> elite sportsmen and women, time just seems to slow down when for everyone else, it's just this absolute carnage of an, an anticipation. Yeah, carry on. <laughs> it's, it's also, that no, I, I, you're totally right. And I think, it's, I, I don't really know how to put this into words properly, but it's almost like, it's like consciously thinking unconsciously. Like, like I don't, yeah. I don't think well, the rational memory, world that it? ball is dropping to him. Yeah, exactly. I, I don't think he's got a little voice in his head saying, well, okay, rise in this position, I should put that into the roof of the net. Because by that point, the ball's already in the back yeah. of the net. But it's just, it's not like a conscious sort of thought stream, but it's just this, like you said, muscle memory and this like instinctive nature to know, okay, you know, based on the way everyone else is set up here, here's what I should do without having to actually kind of go through the thought, the thought process. And you, you see it differently when like centre-backs are up there. Like yeah. think about someone like Chris Smalling, you know, or, or even really most centre-backs, if they're yeah, in a position God, like that, they I should think, put their foot did you, it, did you know? just realise that Chris Smalling's a bad example because of his several brilliant finishes for United and England in, <laughs> in the box? <laughs> that, that derby when we stopped them winning the league was a, a great finish on the volley. That was, yeah. Anyway, the, the, the first half overall, well, that was a deserved lead, wasn't it? And yeah. it was nice to see, as you said, I think Brentford weren't, were, were far from their best, but there was a, a point about 10 or 15 minutes in where he just thought, oh, this is actually this is a lot more comfortable than I thought because I, I hadn't been very confident going into this game, going into the Brentford and Everton games. I did remember when I was sat in the pub before uh, before we went to the ground, your words in our last episode where you said, I think our home form will carry us through. And I thought actually, yeah, we are very good at home. And I think that stretches the unbeaten run at Old Trafford. To, I think it's 24 games. It's either 23 or 24, which is uh, very, very good. And I remember that and that gave me a bit of confidence. But yeah, it felt more comfortable than than I'd anticipated. And we just pinned an opponent back for with some sustained attacks, which is is really good. I think that was helped by the personnel on the pitch. Anthony and Sancho thought both of them, their end product was off in different ways, I think, which is a big concern for both of them. We spoke a lot about Anthony and Sancho in the last episode, particularly in the Patreon Q&A. It was a, it, it's actually, it's so different with them, isn't it? Because Anthony shoots <laughs> almost every time and Sancho seems to pause yeah. almost every time. And one in every five or 10, they get it right. And we create something, which is, you'd, you'd think something that hopefully they'll learn from. Yeah, with Sancho, the issue is that the volume of, of output isn't there. And with Anthony, the volume is definitely there, but the quality isn't. And you sort of want them to, to learn a little bit from each other. But yeah, I think the first half, like you said, we, we really just pinned Brentford back. I was really surprised with how they approached the game. We talked on uh, the previous episode about how we expected Brentford to really come out and press us high up the pitch as they did in the away fixture earlier on in the season. You know, that's kind of been the, the blueprint to, to beat United for a couple of years now. So I was really shocked at how passive they were. But at the same time, you know, we took advantage of that massively and, you know, I, to, to me, it felt a little bit like a, a little bit of a glimpse into the future of how Ten Hag wants us to play. Because I, I've watching that game, I felt like our entire play was kind of running through the fullbacks, and that isn't really something that we've seen throughout the season. We've seen the fullbacks come inside and obviously try and come into midfield, 
but especially Luke Shaw. Shaw was sort of doing it in deeper areas and Dallow was doing it much further up the pitch. But I felt like all of our good play was kind of going through those two. Shaw a couple of times dropping into midfield, you know, some brilliant touches, one brilliant run that ended up with him slipping as he was trying to shoot. Uh, there was quite a few other other occasions where he'd receive the ball from the centre-backs and he'd be kind of playing that sort of number six role almost. And then Dallow and Anthony, their movement and interchange between them was causing all sorts of problems for Henry and me on Brentford's left-hand side. You know, Dallow was almost playing as like as far forward as all of our forwards for a lot of time in the first half. And it it really just felt like a different way of using the fullbacks to what we've seen throughout this season. And it to me, it felt like a bit of a glimpse into what we might see in, you know, a year, 18 months from now as Ten Hag kind of develops this team and gets us playing in a more sort of dominant fashion. Interesting. And I guess that reflects in the style of uh, wingers or inside forwards in having... Anthony yeah. Santa rather than Rashford. I thought, I mean, Martial came on again for the second game in a row. That's probably United's best three, isn't it? Martial, Rashford and Anthony. Yeah, at this point, I think so. At the moment, which is, uh, yeah, Martial's past is doing a lot of heavy lifting there, <laughs> which is odd because, he, yeah, I think the difference is that we know Martial can do it for United and we've not yet seen Sancho do it consistently for United because you could look at his past at Borussia Dortmund and say um, well he would deserve to be in that in that three it just, I, I just think San- Sancho just hasn't got the conviction and the, there's no there's there's no power to his play whatsoever is there which it's not the be all and end all but I don't think you see many Premier League wingers with the lack of power that he has and if they do have that trait they tend to either fail or um, develop it. I think we've seen it with with almost every Premier League winger if they have a, a long career, and you get the sense that Sancho needs that. It's, it's power in in kind of everything he does. It's also a matter of confidence, sure, but I think generally, just from a, a physical point of view, it's not there right now. Or if it is there, he's not using it. But yeah, I think Martial is showing he's better than Veghorst. Yeah. It's uh, it, it gives a. a, a a glimmer of hope. You think if he can, if we can get him to play one or two of every three games for the rest of the season, which is a very big if, that we've got a much better chance of of finishing comfortably in the top four and winning one of or two of the the two trophies we remain in. Yeah, I think from a from a United point of view, you're sort of hoping Martial could play seven to ten games for the rest of the season. I think mm. that would be brilliant if we if we could get that. Um, he he's clearly not at his best just yet, as you would expect, having had such a long layoff. But he, even just in the little cameos that he's had, I think you can see that we are a better team with him in there than Veghorst. Again, as we've talked about a lot throughout the season, I don't think Veghorst has has done a bad job. He just as was always a stopgap, and and that's fine. But Martial does offer us just a lot more in terms of the the link up play. He, he sort of does, like the thing that Veghorst is best at on the ball is his hold-up play and his ability to, you know, drop deep, bring others into the game and then let other people kind of make runs in behind him. Martial also does that. You know, the thing that Veghorst should be better at is his aerial ability and being able to hmm. kind of be more physical. But as we talked about throughout the season, that sort of weirdly isn't a huge part of what he's good at. And so really you're not you're not really losing out on that side of the game, but then... Martial does bring a lot more in terms of his ability. Once he is on the ball, if he can be on the half turn and run at people, he's much better at, at kind of being part of our play moving forward. So, he you know, still see like those. we said, 
you see you see some of his brilliant footwork and it is yeah, exciting yeah. but it, it's just it's it's still far from good enough and yeah 100% you, you watch you watch united i mean all through the season but um particularly in the last few weeks and and last night Al Trafford was no uh, no break from this pattern where you watch United and think oh, just put a striker in yeah. there and like a proper there's, there's there's just no there's there's not enough dynamism in that United attack at all yeah which is uh, I mean it's not just down to personnel is it because you wouldn't you'd happily use the word dynamic to talk about Rashford and Anthony and Santa in the past as well and Martial in the past but it's missing the extra piece to make the rest of them uh, play at their best um, but yeah overall I mean we got through a, a game without Casemiro and Eriksson which is a, an achievement in itself uh, probably another word it was pretty typical David De Gea wasn't it one brilliant yeah. save to to affect I mean yeah I guess it, it you could count as a match winning save because it, it was 1-0 at the time and that would have made it 1-1 thought uh, Fairly poor finish from, I can't remember who it was running through for Brentford. He tried Shada, to lift it yeah. off the hair rather than put it through his legs. But yeah, a, a match winning save. And yet <laughs> that moment with Tony, which <laughs> I think was, was a, it felt a long time coming. We knew you could see, you could see he was going to do that and it just keeps happening. I did think, I did notice in the first half when uh, De Gea was in front of, like directly in front of me where, where I sit in the ground. The lack of, and I noticed this at Newcastle as well, to be fair, the lack of options is, I think De Gea is getting a lot of the stick um, for United's inability to play out from the back. And you see the lack of options and intensity in the movement of the mm-hmm. rest of the team when De Gea has the ball. Maybe it comes down to the fact that they don't trust him to find them so that they, they're not putting that extra 10% in to get into the right spots. But there's a, there's a wider issue at play here, isn't it? Yeah. And yeah, yeah. I, I felt for De Gea a couple of times because the crowd is starting to get on his back whenever he doesn't release it quickly. And a lot of the time you think there's actually no option there for him. So I, I think it, it goes two ways, of course, but I do think the rest of the team needs to step up and and give him those options and make, it, make his transition, if this is going to be a transition, I still think, you know, it'll probably sign a goalkeeper in the summer but if this is going to be a transition to playing slightly different the rest of the team have to make that easier for him yeah massively agree we talked about this with the the first Newcastle goal at, at the weekend that you sort of watch it and you think that comes from you know Varane making a bit of a mistake that comes from De Gea um, giving him a bad pass in the build up but you watch that and really it's also on the other players to create some better options because Sure, De Gea doesn't play the best pass, but maybe McTominay can make a much easier move to come and give Varane an easy option. I, I did think against Brentford, in the first half, I thought De Gea's distribution was better than normal. And I, I, that was, I think, partly because, as we mentioned, Brentford were giving us so much more time than I ever expected them to. But I did think there were there were some good moments there, place times when the ball did go into midfield, actually into Shaw a few times in that sort of Ericsson kind of area when Shaw was going in field. We, we did some... Some nice things, I think, building up from the back. But again, if we were under under a bit more pressure. I wonder if Brentford didn't press quite as high because they thought United's weakness was in midfield, not at the back anymore. Because there's obviously that weakness with De Gea. But um, in terms of Martinez and Varane, you you wouldn't. They're they're not. I mean, Varane's not always the best 
under pressure, but the the real kind of weak on the ball presence was there in McTominay and Sabitzer did well. They both actually had very good games, but I, th- I yeah, wonder whether Brentford thought we'll let them, we'll let it get into midfield and then we'll, um, and then we'll really target them. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I can't really explain because it, it sort of goes against what Brentford are known for in their style of play. You know, it felt like a bit of a perfect storm and that this is a sort of playing a much more aggressive game in defence is sort of what Brentford do generally. And it's also what we struggle to play against. So it felt like a kind of an obvious choice, but, you know, it was, I mean, it was good for us that they didn't because it, I think it ended up, it allowed us to start the game much more confidently and much more aggressively than we probably otherwise could have done, which I think then just built the confidence of the entire first half. Yeah. Anyway, let's wrap up three points. That's all that matters really. And yeah, back to winning ways is massive. The two key stats to wrap up. Marcus Rashford scored his 28th goal of the season. That's the joint most by a United player in a single season since Sir Alex Ferguson left and Van Persie got a few more than that. And the other one, Rashford scored his 10th winning goal in the Premier League this season. The most by a United player in a single season since Wayne Rooney in 2009, the 2010 season. Um, which I think says everything about Rashford's quality this year and yeah, and how it ranks in, in the past decade or so. Everton on Saturday, a little bit more confident after that. I think uh, I think we'll all be, won't we? Yeah, 100%, 100%. I mean, again, it's at home. I am, even going into the Brentford game, I, I, I wasn't, like, I wasn't confident about the, the sort of, the matchup between United and Brentford, but I was confident. I'm confident playing anyone at home at the moment. You know, our home record has been phenomenal. I think it's something like 52 goals scored and 12 conceded at home since we lost to to Brighton on the first game of the season. So it is a bit of a, a fortress. Having said that, Everton under Sean Dyche are a very different side to the one that we played earlier this season. And it, it they, they definitely won't make this easy for us. Um, and so I think it, it's going to probably end up being... A somewhat similar game to Brentford, but I would imagine a bit more of a physical challenge for United to get through. Yeah. Yeah. They've shown some serious weaknesses when they've played yeah. since, even since Sean Dyche came in. So I think we should be confident. Um, and yeah, one game closer to Casemiro's return. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and wait. potentially Ericsson very soon as well. I mean, this yeah. is the last yeah. game without Casemiro, isn't it? Yep. Yeah. Final one. Yeah. And then Sevilla comes after. So yeah, exciting. Well, that's all we have time for. Thank you very much for listening, everyone. You know where to find us on Twitter for our reaction during the week. And we'll be back next uh, next Monday evening to review the Everton game and preview our Europa League quarterfinal against Sevilla. Until then, have a great week. Goodbye. Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? 
I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At ChumbaCasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out. There, I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun, Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from, with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.